As long as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. To quote Henry Hill, played by Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. Perhaps Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. I trained to be an actor when I was in college. In fact, that's how I met my good friend that I accompanied to Napa this month. We met in drama class. And I, and I wanted to be an actor. And then I started to realize, you know, if I'm a director, then I don't have to be in front of the camera. And, I, and I, you know, I, I wanted to be in front of the camera. And then things kind of splintered off. And then I started to study film. I thought, okay. I mean, I, I wanted every aspect of it. I wanted, I remember watching There Will Be Blood and wanted to be a cinematographer. I, I was just enthralled by how that film looked. You know, people, I, and, and at the same time, I was taking photography in a dark room where you gotta, you gotta crack the, the fucking thing open and then you wrap it around the spool. And then someone would help me do the chemicals because I was not good at the chemicals. You know, I could, I could, I could smoke and snort them, but I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't know how to put them in a, in a wash. You know, and then you develop your photos in the dark room. But yeah, I, my love of film. I don't think I could have been a good actor because I just didn't know myself enough to lose myself. Now I do. You know, it's like okay, you know. Um, and it, and it comes in handy. It really does for characters. And I think whenever I'm, what's funny is when I'll say this and people think, oh God, that's a little silly. When I work out, I am actually working out in a, in a character, which is kind of funny because I'm putting on an athletic face. I'm not really an athlete, but I come from a long line of athletes. So it's like, okay, you're going to go and you're going to do this and you need to build yourself up. So, and then, then I have to put an athlete's mindset in my brain and it's like, okay, act, 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 act. I could get a whole fucking Oscar for that fucking shit. You know what I mean? Um, there are certain films, I remember when I was studying acting, you know, you, you break the fourth wall. When you break the fourth wall, an example of breaking the fourth wall is like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he says, you lick your palms. Because he's talking to the audience about how to fake being sick from school. In life, I remember I had a friend, she once said to me, just call in dead to, to work. I'm like, yeah, like that's going to work. And it didn't. But, um, you know, and then there's Goodfellas, where Ray Liotta breaks that fourth wall in the courtroom. That is such a brilliant performance um, my fellow Sagittarius, Ray Liotta. Here's what I liked about Ray. There are certain aspects to a Zodiac that is bullshit. And then there's like, oh yeah, I, I say the same thing too. You know, you just kind of, you say it. You say it. He didn't beat around the bush. You know what I mean? When you wanted to say something, you fucking said it. Um, and sometimes you got in trouble for it. You know, when I say something, I think... Especially when I want something, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to fucking say it. I think that's probably why I wouldn't have made it in Hollywood. Was and also I'm I'm Latino and a bunch of other stuff. And you know they probably would have cast me as like the gangster, but it's work. You know what I mean? I think um, now it's a different it's a different context. You know, I could have been an Oppenheimer. Shit, <laughs> I don't know. 
I, I do love the look and the feel of Oppenheimer, but to go and see it, it's like, okay. There are certain films, you know, they come out, like I'm obviously not going to see the Barbie movie. If I see the Barbie movie, I have to be high. Let's get real right there. The last time I went to a movie theater like that, and I can tell you, was Venom 2. And I was so paranoid because the two guys in between me were eating their popcorn so fucking loud. And this is, this is kind of entertaining talking about. And my brain is like, okay, you're coming down right now. You have a non-toxic OD of edibles because like t- too many. My foray. And you need to just calm the fuck down. And I'm telling myself this in my brain. It's like, oh, God. And then you're going to finish the movie. Because, you know, you have such a thing for Tom Hardy and you're going to get in your car and you're going to fucking go home because work thinks you have COVID. (laughs) They did. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I am. I'm a character. I get it. I get it. I come from a long fucking line of them. I'm an eccentric introvert, extrovert. I mean, here's the thing. I do love my alone time. I really do. But when I have to be in front of a group of people, especially as a teacher, I got to perform. It's I got to be the monkey that does the tricks. You know what I mean? Um, and funnily enough, I am born in the year of the monkey. Or as someone once said to me, I'm a monkey with ADHD. It's like, oh, great. Great. That That would have been a good performance on stage. I look at a lot of the one-man shows, and I love those. I Right before the pandemic happened, I thought about going to the Bay Area and doing stand-up just for the fuck of it. And I thought, nah, nah. Um, you know, and just kind of talk about my weird family. and I get, Because we all have weird families. Let's get real, you know. I have one brother who likes to talk shit about everybody, including my other brother. And really looks for the negative and stuff, you know, and talks about things. And today I was, um, you know, we had a family birthday and or I think it was a joint birthday. Oh, I was on a joint. All right. And um, the they were so they were being so frantic and I had to just lie down and kind of take a brief nap to kind of pull away from all that bullshit. You know what I mean? As an actor, I'll tell you something fascinating. I've learned that, like, when you have to turn it off, you have to turn it off. You know, you some people can do the whole Daniel Day-Lewis, Jeremy Strong method. And then there's, there's a means to the method. You know what I mean? There's a means to the madness. But I remember when, you know, when you have to memorize all of that dialogue... And I had that issue in drama class. In fact, I think they were going to dock my grade the second time I took it. Because this one girl and I, we were not connecting in the performance. And she was, you know, granted, I mean, not very nice. And I had to pick her up. Or no, that was another person. The other person was fine because I had to pick her up. She was taller than me. And sling her over my shoulder and deliver some dialogue. And and because what they're trying to do is they're trying to jog your memory. It's like, okay, let's get it. Let's get it, you know. Um, and it worked. Uh, I mean, I, lear- I learned so much in acting class. But at the same time, I met some very incredible people that I still know today, you know. And, and some of them got parts in plays. And I, you know, 
I was just kind of like, I just wanted to study the articulation and the the whole movement of being an actor. I don't think I necessarily wanted to be one. Um, you know, um, there was always kind of like that talk in the family. It was like, well, you're going to be this. And you're gonna be. My, my grandmother always thought I was going to be an actor. She always would say that. I mean, I mean, now I just, you know, social media is funny because you can do all kinds of shit and I'm lip syncing stuff and, one time a friend asked me, we were talking about that, and she says, do you just lip sync or can you really sing? I said, I can sing. I just, it has to be the right moment. You know what I mean? It has to be the, I remember uh, we were vacationing in Hawaii. Don't worry, I'll get back to the acting. We were vacationing in Hawaii, and they had, and it's my Filipino side of the family, and they had a karaoke machine. I was like, okay. And I started to sing Like a Stone by Audio Slave, And all of a sudden, my sister-in-law is filming me. And I'm like, no, turn it off. I don't want to be on camera. They had no idea I could do that. And I said, well, I don't like to sing in front of people. I like to do it because I'm getting it out of me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm getting that energy out of me. And I can sing slightly in, in Chris Cornell's key. Um and and a little bit of uh, Stone Temple Pilots, you know. If I hear those songs and, you know, you remember, it's like osmosis, you know what I mean? So that, you know, as an actor, you have to memorize the dialogue. You, you also have to put yourself in the place of, you know, whether the character has got rabies or the character's on drugs or, you know. Um, <laughs> I remember one time I was partying with some friends and I decided not to drink. And they did. So I had to act like I was uh, drunk. The rest of them are just carrying on. And I'm just kind of, and I, and you, you know, you, you kind of feel, you feel like a fucking imposter. That's what you feel like. You feel like an imposter. And, um, or even, I never pretended to be stoned. When you're stoned, you're stoned. And, you know, in your 20s and your 30s, it's all about the paranoia. And then as you get older, it's like, hey, I can handle this fucking shit. And I can. I can handle this fucking shit. And um, <laughs> I had such a, uh, you know, I love doing this show because then, especially late at night like this, I, my brain just starts because I'm a night owl. Um, I went to this really amazing concert that I I keep reliving because there was so much existential stuff going on and it and it changed me forever and uh it was 420 and i love 420 i hadn't celebrated 420 in a long fucking time and i was teaching and i got off work and i had this really great conversation with my boss and uh and i'm staring at him and he had these really blue eyes you know really just tall and he's grinning from ear to ear and i almost wanted to ask him did you smoke something and I and that kind of stayed in my mind. And I remember I was driving on the freeway and I was going to Concord, way out in the bay. And um, I almost got into a wreck because all I could think about was, you know, was that. And then, and then I got to. I, I always do premier parking. That's you're gonna you're gonna come party with me, 
It's Premier Parking, baby. Yeah. And, you know, I was sending stuff to friends and connecting. And I went by myself. And I will say that was probably the one moment. There are certain concerts I've gone to by myself where I kind of wish I had taken someone who is just into it as much as I am. And um, I could name probably a few people on one hand. Because with them, it's no bullshit. You know, they love it just as much as I do. They're going to fucking rock out. We're going to get wild and sweaty and, you know, someone's shirt's going to come off. Um, but um, I went and saw Gojira and Mastodon and I got fucking high. I got a contact high and it was amazing. And my neck, I was headbanging so much. And I'm watching these people in front of me. They got that long hair and I'm just laughing hysterically. And the, the stage smelled like meat. Because people were barbecuing and, and all I had was like a thing of popcorn and some water. And so the next day I said to my brother, I really want some fucking barbecue. <laughs> I was just craving it. And so the the concert ends and I kind of go up on a hill and I and I look at the lights. And I was just so taken back by the lights. It's a moment like that where you wish someone was kind of with you. Because, like, oh, I want to share this moment, you know, on this hill. I felt like a fool on a hill. And um, and then I drove home and I took the back roads. Where there's this park called the Islands in uh, Discovery Bay. And it's not good to go through there at night, but I did because I was coming down. And, um, yeah, and, it was, and I had a moment. I had a spiritual moment. And I was just like, this is such a great moment in my life. And then the next day I went and taught and my neck started to hurt and I was at work and I was like, shit, yeah, because of all that head banging. Those who are privy to what went on know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. And these two great bands, Gojira and Mastodon, whom I both love, absolutely, you know. I mean, you know, memorizing song lyrics is like memorizing, I'm going to get back to it dialogue you know uh to be or not to be that is the question you know or doing a different accent i can do a southern accent i just don't want to i'm not southern you know um it's it's good when you see someone play a role and it fits them like a glove you know what i mean and so and i was always a performer i just was i mean I my mother would always say that I always knew how to amuse myself. I was in my room by myself laughing when I was little. So something something was going on <laughs> in my synapses and 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 then I would watch movies and you know you try to reenact them. I remember <laughs> I think I've talked about this before. I remember probably the first time I was probably attracted to another man. I was watching Commando and Arnold took his shirt off. And I and and then I went and I had this little table in my room and I proceeded to try to lift the table. I was nine, and then I would look at the Sears catalog. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, so then I remember it was, it was a summer and I went outside and I took my shirt off and I started putting mud all over my chest and I'm like, God, yeah. That's when I was like, I would try to reenact the movie because I had seen Commando and I was like, okay, you know, that was my thing. But, um, and, you know, I watch films from afar and 
there's there's such pieces of art, you know, and then some of them are pieces of crap. I mean, let's get real, you know. Sometimes you just watch something to just kind of escape, you know what I mean? I think that's why we're all on our devices and we watch things and we escape, you know, and um, that's the nature of it. That's the nature of it. And um, and I love media. I think media, I think when we, when you are a creative person, you know, I know a lot of creative people uh, who I share a lot with. I know singers and I know musicians. For me, if someone can play an instrument, I am I am forever by your side. That is such a gift. Um, and then if you can sing, damn. I mean, there there are certain people, they just catch me that way. They have me in the palm of their hand, you know. There's there's something to them. There's an animal magnetism. And um, I remember years ago, <laughs> I'll say this. Someone said to me they liked my personality. And I thought, oh my. No one's ever said that to me before. And that was years ago. Feeling is mutual. Feeling is mutual. Especially now. Feeling is totally mutual. Um, there are certain people that you connect with. You know what I mean? The humor. Um, you don't even really have to say anything. You just... It's just a look. It's a vibe. And... Um, yeah. That's why I do these silly I do silly stuff on, you know, the social media platforms, me lip syncing or talking and that's that's probably the closest to acting I'm ever going to get. I was in a in a student film once <laughs> in 2004 uh when I was in college and um my cousin was going to make this. I've never watched it. I, I remember doing it because it was nuts. And he wanted me to play like a, a not Leatherface, but like a, a chainsaw killer. So he got the chainsaw from his dad, my uncle. And then they took the chain off for safety reasons. We had a cameraman. And then we went up to the hills outside of... Um, uh, Patterson, which is like if you're going to go to the Bay Area. Really, really dry, really, really hot in uh, June. And here, and I had shaved my head. I didn't have to, but I did it because I figured that would add to the character. And so you know, my cousin was just like, well, you didn't have to do it, but I'm glad that you did it. And then I'm sweating like a hog. And then we had to do so many takes. And then we had to use ketchup as blood. I remember it very vividly. That was, uh, yeah. And all I remember is you can't really see my face, but you can see like a shadow and then you see the chainsaw. I've never watched it. He has it somewhere. I don't know where he has it. And I think he entered it in some kind of film thing or in 2004, 2005. 
you know, and I and I did have an opportunity in 2005 to just quit school and move to Los Angeles. That's what originally my cousins had thought I was going to do. I was going to go to Northridge and I was going to study acting and I was going to study uh, directing and probably editing as well and uh, uh, script writing. But I didn't because I was uh, my advisor said, you know, if you stay at the college, you can go for free because my mother was a professor there. So I was like, okay. Because I was even going to go to San Francisco State. And then that came up again, you know, oh, you won't have these, you know, your loans and everything. I was like, okay, all right, let's do it. So would I go back? No, because everything coalesces for a reason. I wouldn't know the people that I know. I wouldn't have met the people that are important to me, you know. Um, But at the same time, I'm aware that I got to live my life. I have to build a life for myself. And, um, you know, here I am doing that. And, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, Because I believe that, you know, there's no such thing as a coincidence. People come into your life for a reason. Okay. And um we're connected. I'm I'm connect I'm I'm connected to a few people where I'm like, okay. All right. This is important. I'm not gonna name any names. Um there's quite a few where yeah, I understand why why we're all in the same orbit it's uh beyond our own comprehension you know that's why you click certain individuals who get you who understand you and you understand them you know um so yeah uh I think I also wanted to be an actor because I just wanted, I wanted to play different characters. You know, I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a cop, but I didn't want to be a cop. I wanted to be Mick Jagger, but I didn't want to be Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? I wanted to be crazy, but I'm not crazy. (laughs) Um, I wanted to be in Star Wars, you know, because come on, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's go there. Come on. Uh, But... Yeah, I think I would watch these characters, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, I still think is the shit, not just, I think, you know, when he came back for Gangs of New York and people were like, oh my God, and I was like, oh, please, you obviously didn't watch My Left Foot or The Last of the Mohicans or In the Name of the Father. Um, I mean, such a, such a brilliant actor. And doesn't act anymore, so <laughs> it's like shit. Thanks for the three Oscars. All right, you know, um, yeah. I think a performance, a performance also makes you want. You know, art imitates life, or life imitates art. It's 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 the whole reach around. You know what I mean? And back in January, my friend and I we saw everything everywhere all at once. And it really was a trip. But what got me was these emotional connections. 
you know, it's like something out of a song where someone you don't see someone and then you finally see them for who they are and you fall back in love with that. And there's a moment between um, Michelle Yeoh's character and the girl, the, the actress who plays her daughter. And it was so there was this connection because it was like I'm doing all of these bombastic things in this other parallel universe because I want you to see me. I was like, whoa. And then there's a moment where there rocks. That was probably my favorite moment. Because you know, you look at this world and everything's crazy and hyper speed and Twitter becoming X. <laughs> oh, I like X. But anyway, <laughs> um different thing. Um, and it, and it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to see a cast that diverse take these emotional things that we don't want to deal with as people and putting it right up there, having a, having someone who's gay in your family and, and the acceptance of, okay, they're going to bring someone to dinner. You know, how are you going to handle that with the elders in the family? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think we've all been through that. Being accepted. And that's why I love that movie. Oh, God. Such an amazing film. I remember, and then someone said to me, oh, why are you so, you're not Asian. And it's like, well... Actually, I am. If you look at my family tree, whenever people say to me, oh, do you want Asian? And you, or they'll joke and say, like my sister-in-law would say, I shop like I'm Asian. Like, no, 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 no. I'm fully aware of my family tree. I'm fully aware of my ethnicity and that, you know, all of these different things are within me and, and my heritage and... Uh, my father taught me early on about the first peoples and, you know, and so, yeah, I am Asian. I mean, I, I fully embrace that and fully accept that. But then I'm a whole bunch of other things as well. You know, I think first and foremost, I'm a person, I'm a human. I am a lover, not a fighter. I mean, I will fight, but I'm a lover, not a fighter. I've accepted that. I, I used to joke when I was in drama class, they would say, how do you drive? I said, I drive like I make love. And they're like, what? How do you, what do you mean by that? I said, oh, you got to go driving with me. And when I go through those windy roads, oh, baby. Cheryl Crow's not playing. <laughs> Every day is a windy road. I go through those, you know, when I would drive, even now, I go with the, I go with the curve. You know, I just kind of, I kind of feel my way. You know, I'm very, I'm very careful. Now, if I'm by myself, that's a different thing. If I'm with people, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Um, I want you to feel safe and I want you to feel at the same time you're, you're going on this journey with me, you know, maybe that even as an actor, I could say that, you know, you're going on a journey with me and it's going to be fun. It's, it is. When I when I take people on a journey, whether it's an emotional journey or whether it's just two of us, um, that's to just show them who I am. 
I'm not putting any airs on about myself and I'm not trying to make myself into something that I'm not. That is who I am. And if I show it to you, you're in a you're in a very good league to show people every part of me my vulnerable parts you know as an actor that's what you're supposed to do (laughs) i couldn't do that in the beginning you know you have to show that you're vulnerable and that your your nerves are frayed and in the eyes that's the other thing with a good performance is the eyes eyes you can transmute and translate so much with your eyes or just an expression versus dialogue that really for me is the best is just just a gesture you know and then in real life that's also a beautiful thing when you can look at someone especially in the eyes and you are feeling everything you are encapsulated in that moment with them where you're just like whoa I get it now I get it uh, that's an aha moment, especially when you're a performer. That's an aha moment, or where the audience gets you. you. You have the audience in the palm of your hand. I remember when I was in college and we had to do impromptu speeches, and I loved doing those because they would force you to, okay, you pull something out of the crown royal bag. The teacher, she had a crown royal bag. Pull a word out, and you have to give an impromptu speech on that word. And so I would do it and uh, and it really boosted me up, you know, and then I remember we did, uh, <laughs> we had to do pickup lines and mine were the worst and the teacher, I knew I was, I knew I had the room when the, the teacher's laughing, but in the back row, all the people with their arms folded because they didn't think it was very funny. My pickup line was if I was a squirrel and could I bust my nut in your hole? Of course I would say that. Yeah. They picked. They told me to do it because they said I have that innocent face, and when it comes out of my mouth, it's like, oh great, yeah, my innocent face. <laughs> you know, looks can be deceiving. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm not gonna quote that stupid song because I hate that fucking song. You're not that innocent, okay? Um, you know, when I think of life. And, and yeah, if I had moved to Los Angeles, things would have been different. I would have been in TV and movies and, but it just, it does, it wasn't in me to do it. It wasn't, I was in me to do other things and let others take the light, which is fine with me, you know, and, um, I get to do this podcast and once in a blue moon, I do a nice late night podcast. I should be sleeping right now. And I talk about things and I talk about wanting to be an actor and a performer and doing a one-man show and talking about life and talking about things that now I can laugh at, you know? I mean, I did a, I did a podcast on gay sex and I'm sure some of you were like, what the fuck? Because if you look at the episode list and it says gay sex and then the next episode is Tony Bennett. I just think if I had put the Bruce Lee episode in there and I'm still kind of trying to determine whether to do the show with Jason audio and then just leaving that Bruce Lee Instagram uh, live as its own thing, you know, because I talked about Bruce Lee and how charismatic he was. 
you know, and a philosopher. And for him to tell people to be like water and to open their minds. And he was connected. He got it. He was on the pulse of something. And I think that's what we all strive for is to be on the pulse. I mean, we hit you well, you have to have a pulse. <laughs> but he was so tuned in to everything that he was doing, whether it was his personal life or his professional life. He was on point. And when I was I was with my trainer on and, and I knew I was gonna do the show and I and and I, she was like, you're so focused because she says, okay, can you do this? Sure. And then I did pull-ups. She didn't expect me. And then I did more than they asked for. And then I got the kettle. I grabbed the kettlebell. Sure, I'll do this. I'll do that. And I said, I have this energy in me because I'm trying to maintain a laser focus. After this, I'm going to go, you know, hike in the mountains. Uh, thankfully, there were no rattlesnakes. Um and I did because I said, you know, today's the day Bruce Lee died. And I would like to think that if I can conjure some of that energy from him, you know, if if only also, I mean, he also had like uh, royal jelly. It's like I could get my hands on some royal jelly, you know. But um, yeah, to be inspired by that, that's where I talk about, you know, when I'm working out, I'm working out as a character. I'm working out as myself, but I'm also calling C-L-L-C-U-L-L-I-N-G, calling, calling, not calling, calling um, that energy and, and fitting it into a glove of sorts, whether I'm on the treadmill or whether I'm lifting or whether I'm, I'm doing something that I need to be doing. And um, and that's why I love going hiking. I go hiking because it's such a spiritual thing for me. I just go and tan and pray that I don't run into any rattlesnakes. I'm sure I will eventually, you know. It's not that they freak me out. It's just kind of like, okay, that's your side of the road. I don't want to fuck with you. You know what I mean? It's like when a loved one or a friend is in a bad mood, I've learned to just be like, okay. You just, you have to be patient, you know? And it works, you know? You're patient and and then you laugh about it, you know? And, um, but yeah, when I'm working out, I work out as a character. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, but I'm going to be sore and it's going to be fucking wild. But also my form and everything, you know? When I was... Watching, there are certain films, you know, you watch them and you you want to be that character. Whether it's Harvey Milk, Sean Penn played that role so well. And I and I remember someone telling me, oh, he's not going to win. And I said, no, 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 he smiles. That's something Sean Penn very rarely does in a film. And he's playing someone who was so beloved, Harvey Milk. And... Well, or whether it's Colin Firth playing the king in the king's speech. Oh, God, that's such a great performance. And especially when he says, well, he says to him, you flubbed on me. He says, oh, I wanted to know, let, let them know it was me. Or Judy Dench and Her Majesty Mrs. Brown with Billy Connolly. And she's playing 
uh, Queen Victoria and he's playing John Brown. Oh God, that, those performances. That's that. There's the humor and then there's the drama and then there's the romanticism and everything within it. It's it's Shakespearean. It really, really is. That's why I love I love to watch performers. Um, just do it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get in front of the camera and you're going to take these these lines. Sometimes you're gonna ad lib and. Those are those are some of the great moments as a performer because then everything's inside your head. You know, what those who can direct themselves, oh god, that's nuts. Because you're and I understand what the, why they're doing that. Because you're you're basically juggling. You're got the dialogue in your head, but at the same time you know, okay, well, I have to control this camera right here. I have to say to the DP, I want you right there. The lighting's got to, it's, I mean, if you've got ADHD, which I do, it's, it's perfect. Or like when you go to the gym, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you watch people, you know, just kind of walk around in a daze and you're just like, get out of my fucking way, you know? Or like, I would listen to podcasts when I go to the gym now because I just can't get in the mode to put on some Lamb of God and just like, you know. Um, I think as an actor, those are the best ones or the performers, whether it's a Mick Jagger or whether it's uh, Roger Daltrey or um, Chino Moreno of Deftones or Lemmy Kilmeister. Performers or even Ozzy. Performers that really have their own shtick, you know, that's there. They have that staple. Um, you already know, you know, the context of who they are when they get up there and they show it to you. You know, I remember one time just for fun, my friend said, "Can you show me your Mick Jagger?" And I was like, "Okay." And I did like the Mick Jagger because he does like the chicken dance. You know what I mean? And then you get up there, and then and then you get the lips, you know, and then and then you do the strut because he's got that strut, and then you know, and then he's putting the arms out there, and then he's slapping the audience, he's air slapping them. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Or Roger Daltrey doing the airplane, um, with the microphone, and fucking, it's gonna fucking hit you in the face, you know. The the per, the performers are fun to do because whether you can sing or just lip sync it, and then you have to get in the mode of it, and then that's and whether there's music involved and you're connected to the songs. There's certain songs that I am emotionally connected to. I will forever be emotionally connected to them. You know, and then the windmill. It was, yeah, when a guitarist does the windmill, like. Pete Townsend or Tom Morello. Tom Morello as a guitar player is just fucking phenomenal. You know, those are the performers that I like. People who, you know, you're you're you're, you're channeling, you're channeling, you're up there and you're you're doing your thing and you're doing you're doing your thing because you love it. And so that's why I love watching films. I love watching these characters i mean if the one thing that i could end this show with tonight and this is so this is so funny because it, you know you think of the films when we grew up especially in the 90s 
If you're born in 1980, 1981, you understand what I'm talking about. When we grew up in the 90s and we're watching Terminator 2. And there's that moment. I love this moment. Where they see the two kids playing with the toy guns. And the mother kind of comes in and says, I'm going to ring you two by the neck. And John Connor looks at... um, the Terminator, Arnold, and says, We're not going to make it, people. It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. Yeah, major drag. And it's an allegory right there for society. It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. And I thought, wow. And this is, you know, yeah, people were like, it was an action film. But at the same time, it's an allegory. It's all these, I mean, you know, all the way to... um Linda Hamilton's character and how she perceives herself and how she perceives the future and and her whole main thing is to make sure that her son is safe and that's a character they have something that they have to gravitate towards and when you're and when you're training to be an actor they teach you that you know if you try to gravitate toward that ball and you take that ball and the ball is your baby now and you have to take that ball everywhere you go so that's really what she's doing and and those are the performances or even arnold as the protector i always like protectors um i had protectors i still do um you know but i love that because his he's a terminator he's a bad still a bad guy but his sole purpose is to protect john connor that's the sole purpose. Everyone else, he can break their fucking legs and shoot them, but John Connor, that's that's his that's and that's his ball. He's got to connect to it, you know. So it's been fun talking about this in the still of the night. This is my favorite time to do this, and um, I, the people that are listening, it's been phenomenal. I sometimes I can kind of oh, I shouldn't say this, but I'll say it. I can kind of imagine who's listening, and I'm not talking about imaginary imagine. I can kind of pinpoint who's listening um, because they like the voice, you know, the intimacy of recording. That's why I don't really like doing the videos as much. Is it takes away from the intimacy of me talking to all of you and you're listening whether it's through your headphones or through your car or while you're working out you know late at night i understand that and i get that and that's our human condition you know we all just we do our thing we do our thing and sometimes it's tough for me to go to sleep at night because my thoughts are just I have so many thoughts. Not so much worry. It's just, oh, I have to do this. I need to do this better. Mm. You know, there's so-and-so, and then there's that so-and-so, and then there's this, and then this. Yeah, there's all these different things. If anything, when I go to sleep, there are probably a few people that I'm thinking of. I'm probably I probably pray for them. Um, hope that they're safe. You know, there are certain people you never stop caring, even when they're gone in the flesh. You never stop caring about them. 
it's that is forever um there's a few people who are no longer of this earth i i can still feel them because i my heart just it doesn't ache it just it's still open and it's a good thing and it connects me with them and whether it's through the music that we loved or the conversations that we had you know and then there's a few people now that I'm, I think about them because I just want them to be okay you know make sure they're uh, getting the rest that they need and um yeah I mean I could name some names but I don't want to that's a that's a personal thing that's a form of intimacy that I don't reveal the people that I'm thinking of and that I care about and um yeah that's why I don't I'm glad I'm not an actor because then I wouldn't be able to focus on that these people that come into my life and make it better and vice versa and teach me so much because we're all still learning so many different variables in intervals i i learned so much from people who are in my life and um one day i think i'll be able to tell them thank you because you, I have you know people that inspire me and help me, and and then you know in turn you know the laughter. That's the most important thing. Is being able to laugh at life, being able to relate to that to one another. That's real intimacy right there. It really is. Sharing your ideas with someone. So yeah, I, I'm glad I'm not an actor. It would have been fun. It would have been a great life. I'd probably like have an Oscar or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> Golden Globe and shit like that. But that doesn't matter to me. And when I say that, me and materialism, I mean it. I mean it. I mean it, man. Um, what matters to me are all of you. And all the connections that I make. And then the few that I care. Even if they're not aware that I care, I do care. I will always care. You know, when I let someone into my life, that's, uh, I'm letting you in. And I won't, you know, I won't push you out. I'll let you in. You just gotta keep up with me. I'm a very tough individual. I I do sometimes have my heart on my sleeve, but also I have a guard up. I have a guard up. Um, my armor. It's kept me going for all these years. That's probably why I couldn't be a good actor. Is I I always had a guard up to protect me. So the people couldn't hurt me. 
that's probably the most rawest thing I've ever said. You know? Because I look at my life and usually in this life, what have I, I'm the one who walks away. Because I was so impatient. That's why, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know what I wanted and I think I took things for granted. And, but you can't go back. You only have now. And it's taken me a long time to learn that as a man, as a person, to just be available and to be open. And if um, someone shows me who they are, I welcome it. If they say, hey, let's connect, okay, let's do it. I'm not scared. There's certain, there's certain things where it's like, all right, let's go on this roller coaster ride. That's what life is. Gotta be ready. Buckle up. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I've been talking enough. <laughs> I don't want to oversell things and give away too much of the farm. But it's been a, it's been an interesting time. And I should go to sleep and rest my body. And so to those of you listening, those of you I know, those of you I don't know, thank you. And to those who I do know. And um, hold very dear to my heart. Thank you. Because I think some of you will I hope understand how much I value you as people, as friends, as people privy to my my weird personality. Yeah. Some of them like it, which is good. I, I you know. One person said that to me. And if they're listening, I've never forgotten that. So thank you for saying that. Because at least one person likes it. Some people are like, God, you're so silly. You're, you just overthink. But um, when someone sees you for who you are, that's probably the greatest thing. And that's why I keep some of the people in my life is because they see me. And um, I, I, you know, it's an extension. It's the human condition. Good night. Mm-hmm.